Welcome to the MPYA podcast. MPYA is a gathering designed specifically for young adults. In this podcast, you'll hear messages from our gatherings as well as conversations that we hope will help you navigate these defining years of your life. We hope you'll join us as we explore practical ways we can follow Jesus in our everyday lives. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at North Point Young Adults and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear. But with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the NPYA podcast. So glad you're with us wherever you're tuning in from. We got the usual crew. Allie's here. Hi. Yep. And then there's Nathan. Hello. And myself. We're all here together. We are. And we're just getting ready for the Super Bowl. Yep. In our house. It's my favorite Super Bowl that has ever happened. Yeah. I feel like we all knew this would happen as soon <laughs> as Taylor kidding. Swift burst onto the scene. Who's playing at it, Allie? The 49ers and the Chiefs. Honestly, this is the first time I, like, if you had asked me this last year, I'd have no idea. Actually, is this why you wanted to throw a Super Bowl party? Yes. Just because Taylor's in it? Yeah. Got it. That's it. Who, do you know who plays for the Chiefs other than their tight end? <laughs> Not a single person. I don't. Do you know the quarterback? No. Why would I? Why would I know that? Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Did you watch quarterback <laughs> with me? No, I didn't. Wow. Um, I'm really excited. I just, I, I just am excited. I think that Taylor did this for wives everywhere. Of like, hey, I want to make the Super Bowl better than it has ever uh, been, and now everybody's excited about it. The will, world is united about being excited about the Super Bowl will, more than it ever has been before. Will Taylor Swift be wearing a Kelsey jersey? Yeah, probably. Will Swift make it to the Super Bowl on time for kickoff after her Tokyo concert? 100%. What are you, what are you even, Will Swift be shown on camera during the game at least six times? Yes. Probably. Six? That's so low. Six times. Will Kelsey propose to Swift after the game? No. Oh. <laughs> that would be crazy. Will Swift receive a Gatorade shower on the field? I hope not. That would that be would weird. Be insane. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to lose, so there's not going to be any of that. That would be such a, like, wah-wah <laughs> if this the is, Chiefs lost. This is just a few of the Taylor Swift Super Bowl props uh, form that I can you send that to, Can you send that to me? Yes, I definitely will. It'll make me more invested. Well, I was just going to mark these answers that you told me for myself and see how many you got right. Do I get a prize? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Something. Great. I love that. Yeah. See, it's just making the Super Bowl more well-rounded for all people to want to participate <laughs> and engage in. To me, it's making it a little predictable because it's like, I think the Chiefs are definitely going to win. You think it's rigged? A little bit. What? Yeah. Is that even possible? I actually just watched this documentary about that referee that was uh, helping people bet on games back in the day. Remember in 2008? I don't remember that. Well, it has made me question everything. I guess oh, if I'm the sure. referees are Taylor Swift fans, then probably maybe they're probably they not. Have a chance. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the NFL is Taylor Swift yeah, fan totally, and they are the ones that control the refs. Yeah. Hmm. This feels the NFL, like a conspiracy like, theory. Didn't they come out? They've made like over a billion dollars off yeah. of her. I mean, she's a money making machine. She. Is in, I don't she's understand. Iconic. Okay, maybe you can help me with this real quick too, because I just saw the news that she's gonna. She's like putting her concert on Disney Plus or something. Uh huh. I, I thought it was already that. on Netflix. No, right? Now, she, okay, listen. So, Era's tour that happened, and then she's like, "Okay, you can rent this and pay money to watch it." And now she's putting it on, on Netflix? Disney Plus. 
No, no, it's not on Netflix. Oh, it was on Prime or something? Yeah, it was on something. Yeah, I think it was on Prime. And so she could pay money. So then a bunch of people paid money. And now she's like, well, now it's free on Disney+. Whoever is her marketing guru is a genius. Okay, but she definitely is a part of all that. She is really smart. She Mm. is. (laughs) She's really smart. All Clearly. I'm saying is We're I'm talking afraid. About her on this podcast. All I'm saying <laughs> is I'm afraid the 49ers don't have a chance. I want mm, them to. Fear. And speaking of being afraid. <laughs> today that was really good. Thanks. Today we were talking about the fear of God. <laughs> uh, because Nathan Gray gave a great talk he last did. time at North Point Young Adults. Great message. And on the fear of God. And um, so I just wanted to kind of toss it out there, discuss as a group uh, how to fear God every day. How mm. the, Ask the question, how do I fear God every day? Because I think we got this overall picture of, man, uh, yeah, I don't know if I do that. I don't know if I'm fearing God like I'm supposed to. Uh, I think you had a great quote about how we would all say we love God. Mm-hmm. We love Jesus, but we don't necessarily fear him. We've almost lost that aspect of who he is. Um, and I do think there's something to that of we need to hold that the two intention. It's got to be a love and a fear and not mm. go too far either one and yeah. kind of lose the other. And so, yeah, I think it was a great overall message. And I just wanted to continue the conversation and talk about what does that look like in our daily lives? How can that can we make that as practical as possible for young adults who are trying to make this um, a part of how they see God? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Nathan did a great overview of why and how important it is and why people don't and people being afraid of God versus fearing God. And it was great. And if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Yeah. Well, and I would say you should go back and listen to it if you haven't just because this can be a topic that has a lot of emotions attached mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be helpful if you haven't heard it just to get a little bit of a better context totally. around this subject. Sure. I do think one of the most beneficial things you said was talking about uh, the difference between a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. Mm-hmm. And how to kind of – because I do think when people hear fear of God, they immediately start to think about, I'm supposed to be scared of him. Yeah. Right. Like, how am I, how can he be this loving God that cares about me, that is moving towards me, that became like me, that came down to earth to save me? And yet at the same time, I'm supposed to be afraid of him. Yeah. Uh, So it is something interesting. But yeah, to your point, like talking about healthy versus unhealthy fear, I think, uh, did you, is that when you told the story about the bear? Yeah. Yeah. Like being like scared of a bear. Versus, is the right thing. <laughs> yes. A healthy like fear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But also it's like a respect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a reverence. Yeah. A healthy respect or reverence of the strength and the power of a bear. Totally. Yeah. And when I was studying for this, I um, was reading some of John Bevere's book and some other things. And I can't remember exactly if it was in his book or somewhere else, but uh, someone was talking about how a healthy fear of God kind of keeps us in between two ditches. Mm-hmm. On one side is the ditch of legalism, and you don't want that. A lot of times an unhealthy fear can lead to that. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just going to do these things and check these boxes. So God won't be mad at exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm doing it out of fear. Right. But then on the other end of that, if we don't have a f- fear or awe of God at all, 
the other ditch is lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And it's just straight exactly. up like, God loves me no matter what. I'm going to live my life because I've got my fire insurance and grace and love is going to cover me. Yeah. Yep. And we don't see either in Scripture. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's where having a healthy, keyword healthy, yeah. fear of God comes in. Yeah. I was thinking through this this morning, and I feel like I came up with things that were like, okay, you might not fear God if. Mm, so good. one of them it. was— if you have recently slash consistently say like, well, I can do it because God will forgive me. Yeah. You probably don't have a healthy fear of God. Yeah, that's good. Um, And then also a good thing to think through is what do you do? Um, Okay. Do you still obey God even if no one will find out? Wow. Like, okay, so let's say, for example, your thought life, what you think about, no one will ever find out unless you tell them. And so if your thought life is not honoring, is not pure, is not lovely, is not all those things from Philippians 4, 8, you might not have a fear of God because God knows your thoughts, but God is the only one who knows your thoughts. And so if you're in the aspects of your life that nobody is going to find out about, if you're not submitting to the Lord and obeying what God says, you might not have a healthy fear of God. Mm -hmm. Will you say that first one again? If you're consistently saying, well, it's God, he'll forgive me. I can do what I want because God will forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. You might not have a healthy fear. But God will like... Kind of what Nathan was just saying. God is full of grace and he's going to forgive you. But if you're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter if I disobey him because mm-hmm. like he'll forgive me. It's like, well, then you don't actually have an awe and respect right. of God if you're willing to just do whatever and just lean on that. Yeah. I And when you said that, I just immediately got caught this picture of like thinking about earthly parents mm-hmm. <laughs> of like when I'm a kid or even now, like if I was just going to do something I shouldn't or I disobeyed my parents or I just blatantly sinned against them or whatever, it's I don't think I go into that thinking, oh, it's fine. They'll forgive me. Right. They have to love me. They're my parents. Right. Exactly. It's like, yeah, they're going to love. That's like <laughs> they're gonna, not even yeah. a conversation. But like, there's of probably going to be a you. consequence yeah. to the action mm-hmm. or like I'm going to have to deal with this later at some point. And I think in our minds, we just think there's no consequence. Like, God's just kind of, I don't know, pushing it aside. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I think about what you're saying, Allie. Um, Like that phrase of, like, God's going to forgive me anyway. Mm -hmm. I think that's so pertinent for young adults because whether it's in college or just 20s as a whole— I see this mindset play out. And sometimes people even just straight up say it like, it's my 20s. I'm just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And once I settle down and get married and, you know, start a family, that's when I'll blank, come back to church or get serious about my faith or start serving or whatever it is. But it's like everybody does it in their 20s. It's I just so want to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, knowing, like, it's just a season, then we'll get past it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that's, like Paul says, like, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Therefore, should we go on sinning by no means? By no means. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, 
a misconception and a lie and just like a twisted theology that a lot of young adults have is, okay, well, I've like obeyed for a long time and God hasn't given me what I want. So now I'm just going to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And it's like how what a di- like a blatant disrespect mm. of God and like a clear lack of awe and fear of God because it's like okay wait so you're telling me and going back to this parent metaphor like if a toddler was like well I behaved and you didn't give me a cookie so now I'm going to freak out it's like wait you were just behaving so I would it's not like yeah. this is a relationship that mm-hmm. we have. This is like a, like a, you, we, that's it. And when, when young adults say stuff like that, I'm like, okay, we need to like go back totally. a long way to figure out the foundation of your relationship. Cause if you're just obeying to get something from God, that's transactional. Um, and yes, God wants to bless his children and God's love is unconditional and there's so much grace. But if you're viewing God as, a vending machine and then you're like you know what he hasn't given me what i want so i'm just going to do what i want now i would say you need to take some steps back and really figure out what your faith is actually rooted in and i mean i would just pose that question like to those people and maybe we can talk about right now like do you think they would say they love god and that essentially what is missing is the fear of god in those instances I would say so. Probably. Yeah. And I think part of that is just the Western church. Right. Like American mm-hmm. West. We've done a poor job of teaching um, the fear of God in a way that's reflected in scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it feels like we've kind of, and rightly so in some ways, there's been a swing from legalism, you know, from decades ago where yeah. they swept through the church. And so it's kind of swung back the other way. And we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and we've Mm got to kind of come to the middle here. And both are essential. There's a quote that I wrote down that I love. It says, we must fear God out of love because we know of his great love for us Mm -hmm. and what he's done for us. We must fear him out of love, not love him out of fear. Mm. And I think, you know, this whole thing is fueled by the love that he has shown towards us and how great he is. That leads to our reverence and awe of him. Yeah. Not loving him out of fear and obligation like he's going to do something bad if we mm-hmm. don't to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I said this in the talk, and I really believe it. The fear of God, having a healthy awe of God doesn't minimize the gospel at all. It actually maximizes it. Yeah, that's very true. Like we come to a point where we realize God is so big and so grand, and his glory is more than anything we can ever comprehend, and he loved us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I do think, I mean, I think we've kind of encompassed it here, but I do think the first thing to do on a daily basis or, like, practically is just to respect God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, respect him on a deep level because when you think about disrespect and the way that we disrespect our parents or we disrespect our friends or the people around us, it is, like— a blatant disobedience or like lying or just going the opposite way of what we've been asked to do. Yeah. Um, and so I do think just by being obedient, be based on your respect of who God is and your love for him, I do think that's kind of a first step in the right direction. 
uh, just like obedience and respect. Yeah, and I think a great habit that that can play out by is having consistent rhythms built into our life of worship. Whether that's like worship through music mm-hmm. um, or through prayer, like worshiping and adoring and praising God. Like we talked about, I think last time about the um, prayer acronyms. There's pray, praise yep. is number one. Acts, the A is adoration. Mm-hmm. Like starting with a right view of God. And through that, we get a right view of us. Mm-hmm. And that's going to naturally lead to a healthy fear of God. Yeah. Well, and I do think this gets a little bit into that word reverence. Yeah. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit and, and just kind of define it and think through what do we mean when we talk about revering God or having a reverence for God? Any thoughts? I mean, to me, <laughs> to me, I think about like it's a healthy or a deep admiration. Mm. So and the first thing that I think about is like someone that you admire and someone you want to be like. So if I revere God, to me, on a practical standpoint, I am seeking to be like him mm. on earth mm-hmm. and begin to look like him and make my life more like his. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, another thought thought I had was like this question that we've talked about before, um, which is as we're kind of moving through the world, as we're kind of looking around, walking around with each other, um, asking the question, what does this reveal to me about God? And then turning that into, okay, I'm revering this thing about his creation, who he is, and then I'm turning around and like responding or like making this part of my life. Yeah, I think I've read before this idea of worship has a lot more to do with your attention than anything else, like Mm -hmm. more than the words you're saying, but like your full attention on God is really where worship comes from. And I think in this culture that we live in, we don't find that reverence. We don't find that respect because our attention is elsewhere. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so when we, like you said, go into nature, that's a big thing that Clay and I do when we're in nature and we're looking at stuff. We ask each other, okay, what is that? What does that tell us about God? What does that mountain tell us about God? What does that bird tell us about God? And it's taking a moment and instead of you know, thinking about something else or talking about something else. It's like, okay, let's fix our attention on God and actually think about him and think about the bigness, the grandeur, the like, the the things that inspire awe in us. Because I think in our day-to-day life, everything's just so fast-paced. We don't Mm -hmm. have time to sit and actually experience awe which leads to that respect, which leads to that reverence, which leads to ultimately that fear because we're like, oh, he's so big. Yeah. He's ma- he's so creative. He's made all these things. And also, like you were saying, Nathan, he loves me. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he sent his son to die for me. Like that whole thing just allows us to like, okay, fear God and love God in a, in a way that works together. But it, it requires our attention and more than 15 Mm. minutes reading your Bible in the morning. You know, it requires rhythms of like, okay, go on vacation and go outside without your phone and, and think about it. Like, just think about him. Um, Yeah. And so I think that's a big reason why fear of God in, in our culture is, 
minimized and not really understood because the reality is we do not fix our attention on him long enough to experience awe, to experience that fear and to experience play what you were saying, that reverence. Yeah. I mean, I think another part of it too is just our culture has gotten to like everything up to this point has been designed to make us more comfortable, mm-hmm. like our lifestyle, more comfortable. Everything is easier. It's like we don't need to go outside. We don't have to hunt for food. Like we don't have to do these things. Like Nathan used his vacation to go and like explore the trails and run into a bear. And, and I th- like Running. you do kind of have to like go out of your comfort zone and get uncomfortable in order to maybe see these things that God is trying to show us. I mean, I even think about the bear, like it's not, you don't run into that every single day, but what the bear, when you see it and you apply this question that we were even talking about that, like I see the bear and I'm like, man, that thing is strong. That thing could kill me. That thing is intense, like powerful. Mm -hmm. But I also think about how it protects the little baby bears. Mm. And it's like, it loves those babies and is compassionate towards them. And I mean, you can immediately apply that to the way that God is like, Mm. he's strong, he's powerful. And at the same time, compassionate and loving towards his children. Um, And so you just begin to pick up those things as you step out. And to your point, focus your attention on who God is and what he has created in the world. Yeah. Which I mean, I think you mentioned it, Clay. We have designed our lives to become more comfortable. And we really have, as a society and culture, we work so hard at getting all fear out of our life. Exactly. And designing our life where the more we live, the less fear that we have. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue working on that. But, like, there are fears, like we talked about, that are healthy, like a bear or like not just hanging off, you know, by a finger off the Grand Canyon, (laughs) you know, like you've got to have some healthy fear and reverence and respect for certain things in life. But what you learn is the best things in life usually come from a healthy fear. Totally. And, And if you have an unhealthy fear, it can push you away completely. Like if I was scared of, um, you know, ever running into a bear, I would have never went on that hike. I would have never went outside. Right. (laughs) And that would have missed out so much of, like, amazing things this life has to offer. And if we're so scared, and and that's, like, not what we're getting after here, but if we're scared of God, which is not his heart at all, that pushes us away rather than pulls us towards him. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being scared of something, you're going to run away from it. Totally. But I think the best point to me in thinking about this fear in a healthy way is the Grand Canyon or something like that in nature for me, because yes, the Grand Canyon is big and spectacular and you don't obviously want to fall off. You kind of talked about that in your talk, Um, but something about it you are drawn to. Yes. So it's like there's also this beauty. Yes. In the fear. Yeah. And I think God's the same way, like the type of fear to know that it's healthy is, hey, I am somewhat afraid of it, but I want to move towards it. Yeah. Because it's so grand and big. And yeah, like there's something, there's beauty there that I want to experience. Exactly. It's not, I'm scared and running, like I don't run away from the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I just approach it differently. Well, another example of that, and maybe this just shows my wiring, 
is relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's so if good. you want to be in it, like, let's just take romantic relationships. When I started dating Clay, the closer I got to him, the more afraid I became because the more I realized that he could hurt me, mm. you know? Yeah. Because the more we dated, the more I fell in love. I was like, this guy could ruin my life, like, by breaking up with me because yeah. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. And so, but that didn't mean I left you and broke up with you because I was like, I'm afraid, like, help, I'm scared. But it's like, no, I want to be closer. I want to move towards you. I'm going to trust, you know, mm-hmm. that you're not going to ruin my life. But that's how it is with friendships. That's how it is with, you know, family relationships. It's like our relationships, we're scared of them. The people closest to us could potentially hurt us the most. Totally. But that doesn't, that, that doesn't mean that we run away from them. It doesn't mean that we, I mean, some of, us do put walls up because of our fear, but the healthy thing to do is to move closer and to connect more. And so yeah. I think, yeah, fear, fear, the temptation is to run away, but the reality is it does. It pulls us in. It draws us close. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was just going to say the kind of bottom line of the talk, and I think it's so applicable, is a healthy fear of God is not to be scared of God, but is to be terrified of being away from him. Mm-hmm. And when we get a right view of who he is, his love and mercy and grace and grandness and kindness, all of that towards us, I am scared out of my mind of being away from him Mm -hmm. because that is where I have life and that is where I have acceptance and love and like experience joy and peace and I never want to get out from under his wings. And thinking about living life out from under that covering Mm -hmm. is terrifying to me. But the thing is, the invitation is for all of us. It's not exclusive. It's not, you know, you got to be good enough. You got to do this. It's just an open invitation. And that's the beauty about it. And I was thinking about this with the relationships. The part that's beautiful about it is it breaks down, you know, the metaphor breaks down with earthly relationships because we're all sinners. But God is perfect Mm -hmm. and all loving and merciful and gracious and he's never going to fail us. Even though my wife can Mm -hmm. and Clay can too, you know, like our human relationships fail us. Yeah. God never will. Yeah. Totally. I think a perfect picture of this too if you've read the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, when yeah, you think about Aslan yeah, totally. and how we have this picture of Jesus as a lion. And I love this quote where Lucy is asking the beaver about, uh, like, is he safe? Yeah. And he's at, That's and good. yeah. And he says safe. And don't you hear what Mr. Mrs. Beaver tells you who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Yeah. He's the king. I tell you. And so I was like, man, he's not safe, but he's good, and you can trust him. And I'm so like, this true. is such That's a good so picture. Good. Yeah. yeah. So Thanks, C.S. Lewis. He's such a beast. Yeah. And I think, too, as we wrap up, like, the fear of God, having a healthy, holy fear of God, really does eliminate all other fears in our life. Once we get, you know, a right view of God and who he is, and we have an awe and a reverence of him, Mm-hmm. We become secure in that, yep. and everything else fades away, especially fear of man. I don't fear man anymore because right. I fear God. Yep. 
like I don't need to because I have a right relationship with God and I know what he thinks of me and when he looks at me he says I'm a love son of a perfect father. Yep. And so I'm secure in identity and I don't fear other people or what they say about me or title any of that. Mm-hmm. Like it just leads to so much other health mm-hmm. in our life. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I mean, to kind of wrap up, I was telling Allie this morning as I was thinking through this stuff, and even as we're talking right now, I felt like we could kind of put this into, like, maybe three points of, like, ours. So I was like... Clay loves... Let's hear alliteration. Alliteration. Respect. Yep. I think is what we kind of covered at first. Yep. Revere. Mm -hmm. So kind of worship him. And then respond or react Mm -hmm. and, like, move towards him, draw near. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 And, And I think... So, so much of this just plays out in a daily intimate walking mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. Just worship him. Yep. It's yeah. going to naturally come. Just read his scriptures and read all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to naturally come. Yep. You know, do life with others and get really close with them and confess to them and pray with other people. Like, and then do what he's called you to do. Yep. Say yes to what he's calling you to do. And when all of that comes together, you're going to have a healthy fear of God. Yeah, totally. Because you're going to be left in awe Mm -hmm. of what he has done in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just how big and grand he is. Yeah. Well, Nathan, that's awesome. Uh, I think for the young adults listening, um, over the next few weeks, we've got these three things that we can take out into the world. We can uh, begin to respect, revere, and respond uh, and just start to— apply those into our lives and make it as practical as possible. So love this conversation. Love that we got to talk about fearing God. I think it's super important. And like Ali said, um, just putting our attention on him in our daily lives, fixing our eyes on him, I think is going to lead to a healthier view of who he is. So let's all go out there and fear God. Let's See do it. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the NPYA podcast. To learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at North Point Young Adults or head to our website, northpoint.org slash youngadults. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. See y'all next time.